Fusion, the international science radio show. We have a bouncer and the doors of perception. The good, the bad, the ugly. It gets pretty exciting. The myths, the truths. Toxicology. Astro seismology. Magnetism. The dark side. Genetically engineered potatoes. Planetoid. Planetoid. I love that word. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to Diffusion. Sit back and relax while we miniaturise weird and wonderful science into your brain. I'm Ian Wolfe. On this edition we take a deep dive into the microscopic world of tardigrades. The tiny water bears or moss piglets that can withstand extremes of cold, heat, dryness, pressure and vacuum by going into suspended animation and then revitalising when it's safe again. From whom we can learn ways to improve our own health. Tardigrades, or Macrobiota sapiens, are microscopic eight-legged animals living in damp areas that somehow look like cute miniature bears, yet also the hooker-smoking caterpillar from Alice in Wonderland. Tardigrades can be found in almost every habitat on Earth. Tardigrades have been sighted from six kilometres up in the Himalayan mountaintops to nearly six kilometres under the deep sea, from the tops of trees in tropical rainforests to the Antarctic. They turned up briefly to tower over the heroes in the Marvel Cinematic Universe as Ant-Man and the Wasp shrunk down to the quantum realm. And in the real world, you can get t-shirts with slogans like Tardigrades are my spirit animal, and live tiny and never die, and plush tardigrade toys. In biology, organisms that belong to the animal kingdom belong to one of 36 phyla, including Periphera, Snideria, Platyhelminthes and Elida Mollusca Arthropoda Chordata, like all the animals with backbones, and Tardigrada, where tardigrades stand alone. Tardigrades are divided into two classes, Eutardigrada and Heterotardigrada. As a general rule, the members of Eutardigrada have a naked or smooth cuticle without plates, whereas a Heterotardigrada boasts a cuticle armoured with plates. Over a thousand species of tardigrade have been identified, around 20 more are discovered every year. Tardigrades are known to survive temperatures as low as minus 270 degrees Celsius, just above absolute zero, and as high as 151 degrees centigrade. They can survive freezing and thawing, changes in salinity, lack of oxygen, lack of water, levels of X-ray radiation a thousand times the lethal human dose, many poisonous chemicals, boiling alcohol, the low pressure of a vacuum, and high pressure up to six times the pressure of the deepest part of the ocean. They were first described by the German zoologist Johann August Ephraim Goes in 1773, who called them the little water bear. They were described again three years later by the Italian biologist Lazzaro Spallanzani, who gave them the name tardigrada, meaning slow stepper, for their toddling way of walking. They're sometimes called moss piglets because many live in mosses and they have a cylindrical shape on their face that's reminiscent of a pig's nose. Tardigrades can be between five-tenths of a millimetre and just over a millimetre long. They have four pairs of legs, each of which ends in four to eight claws. Tardigrades don't have internal skeletons like us or external skeletons like insects. Instead, they have a hydrostatic skeleton a fluid-filled compartment called a hemolymph that supports them. Tardigrades have a ventral nervous system that sends signals between the tardigrade's brain and its body and is the functional equivalent of a vertebrate spinal cord. 
Tardigrades come in sexual and asexual species. A female tardigrade has such big eggs that they take up almost her whole body. Males make sperm, but the body parts where this happens are hard to see unless you know what you're looking for. Some tardigrades are hermaphrodites, both male and female, and can make both sperm and eggs. Other kinds of tardigrades are parthenogenic. These tardigrades are born from a female's unfertilized eggs. Her children are nearly her clones, and there are no males in that population. Tardigrade eggs are round and can be covered in strange and spiky shapes. Young tardigrades don't have a larval stage, so they look like miniature adults when they hatch, although they usually have fewer claws and spines than fully grown water bears. The young tardigrades grow in several stages by molting their external cuticle skin, and each molt can take 5 to 10 days to complete. When they molt as adults, tardigrades will often lay their eggs inside their old molt to help protect them. Tardigrades don't breathe. Instead, oxygen from the water enters their bodies through their cuticle walls. To aid circulation, they have muscles which contract to transport the nutrients in their hydrostatic skeleton, which doubles as a functional equivalent of the circulatory system. They feed on the fluids of plant cells, animal cells and bacteria by puncturing cell walls with two hard needle-like stylets in their mouths and sucking up the liquid inside like a vampire. After food is absorbed in their body, the waste forms crystals before being squeezed out. Tardigrades are prey to amoebas, nematodes and other tardigrades. Some tardigrades eat amoebas, nematodes and other tardigrades. A tardigrade's body typically consists of only a thousand cells, compared to trillions of cells in the human body. Their brains are made up of about 200 cells. In a comfortable and wet habitat, a tardigrade can live between three months and two and a half years. Land-based tardigrades have three basic states of being. Active, anoxibiosis and cryptobiosis. In the active state, they eat, grow, fight, reproduce, move and enact the normal routines of life. Anoxibiosis occurs in response to low oxygen. Tardigrades are quite sensitive to oxygen differences in their surrounding water. Prolonged asphyxia results in failure of the osmoregulatory controls that regulate body water causing the tardigrade to puff up like the Michelin man and float around for a few days until its habitat dries out and it can resume active life. Cryptobiosis is a reversible ametabolic state, the suspension of metabolism, that has inevitably been compared to death and resurrection. In cryptobiosis brought on by extreme desiccation, metabolic activity is paralysed due to the absence of liquid water. Terrestrial tardigrades are only limno-terrestrial. Aquatic animals living within a film of water found in their terrestrial habitats. Moss and lichens provide sponge-like habitats featuring many small pockets of water and, like sponges, these habitats dry out slowly. As their surroundings lose water, the tardigrades desiccate with them. Tardigrades can survive dry periods by expelling more than 95% of the water from their bodies and curling up into a little ball called a tun. The tun forms as the animal retracts its legs and head and curls into a ball, which minimises surface area. Tun formation requires metabolism and synthesis of a protective sugar known as trellose, which moves into the cells and replaces lost water. In this state, 
a form of cryptobiosis called anhydrobiosis, life without water, the animal can survive just about anything. While in a ton, their metabolism can lower to less than a millionth of normal. When tardigrades expel their body's water, the unique tardigrade-disordered protein molecules form a tough, glass-like cocoon around individual cells. Intrinsically disordered proteins don't have a defined shape, so they're floppy, like cooked spaghetti. These seem to act almost like styrofoam packing noodles, holding organelles in place and making sure things don't stick together as a cell shrinks for hibernation. Tardigrades revive from ton cryptobiosis hibernation by exposure to water, and the process typically takes a few hours, depending on how long the tardigrade has been in the cryptobiotic state. It's reminiscent of sea monkeys. Remember them? Live tardigrades have been regenerated from dried moss kept in a museum for over a hundred years, but nobody has reproduced that feat. The longest reproduced revival has been up to 30 years of hibernation. Once the moss was moistened, they successfully recovered from their tons. While tardigrades can survive in extreme environments, they're not considered extremophiles because they're not adapted to live in these conditions. Their chances of dying increase the longer they're exposed to the extreme environment when they're not in tongue. By the 1970s, scientists determined that different forms of cryptobiosis hibernation in tardigrades could be triggered by drying, freezing, lack of oxygen and excess salt. In cryobiosis, another form of cryptobiosis, the animal undergoes freezing, yet can be revived. We're not yet sure how tardigrades survive being frozen. Two Acatanus antarcticus tardigrades and a tardigrade egg that spent over 30 years in a researcher's freezer were successfully resuscitated. Scientists defrosted and rehydrated them and video recorded the results, observing that just after one day, a revived tardigrade was tentatively stretching a pair of its stubby legs. Six days after rehydration, the tardigrade was moving its body as though it was trying to lift itself. After 13 days, the animal was eating algae, its first meal in decades. And after 22 days, eggs were visible inside the tardigrade's body. It eventually laid 19 eggs. A. Antarcticus reproduced through parthenogenesis, so their embryos grow and develop without fertilisation. And in this instance, a total of 14 hatchlings emerged. The other tardigrade survived for 20 days after rehydration and died without reproducing. But the frozen egg hatched and produced a tardigrade that went on to lay 15 eggs, of which 7 hatched successfully. Osmobiosis is a response to extremes amount of salt in the water, which can cause destructive osmotic swelling, as cells absorb too much water. Some tardigrades show extremely effective osmoregulation, maintaining stasis in the face of steep salt differences in their water. Others escape by forming a ton that's impervious to water flooding due to differences in the salt content of the water. In 2020, it was found that in some tardigrades, fluorescence could lend them protection against radiation by transforming ultraviolet rays into harmless blue light, making them glow brightly. The scientists tested paramacrobiotis tardigrades' ultraviolet resistance by exposing them to 15 minutes of radiation at levels high enough to kill most microorganisms. 
all of the paramicrobiota's tardigrades were still alive 30 days later, while tardigrades that were known to be sensitive to ultraviolet all died within 24 hours of radiation exposure. When the researchers extracted fluorescent components from paramicrobiota's tardigrades and applied them to both members of the tardigrade species sensitive to ultraviolet radiation and the nematode Canarabditis elegans, which is sensitive to ultraviolet, the two species showed partial tolerance to ultraviolet radiation. Most animals, less than a millimetre long, don't have legs. In 2021, researchers at Rockefeller University examined the tardigrade's distinctive way of walking and came to the conclusion that the creature's movement resembles that of insects 500,000 times their size, as long as they can engage their claws. On a glass plate, it was too slippery for them to move. But some tardigrade species have no trouble with smooth, slippery surfaces because they have sticky pads instead of claws. There are currently researchers examining the adhesive abilities of these tardigrades to try and reproduce them as technology. You're listening to Ian Wolf on Diffusion Science Radio. Send emails to science at diffusionradio.com. We're brought to you across Australia on the Community Radio Network and podcast over the internet on www.diffusionradio.com. And tardigrades are getting in on the quantum realm in the real world too. A team collected three tardigrades from a roof gutter in Denmark and then froze them until they went into their tonne state, shrinking to about a third of their normal size in the process. And then the team cooled the tardigrades down even further to just above absolute zero. Next, they placed each tardigrade between two capacitor plates of a superconducting circuit, forming a qubit, a quantum bit as used in a quantum computer. The qubit's resonant frequency shifted every so slightly when it came into contact with a frozen tardigrade, forming a qubit-tardigrade hybrid. Finally, they coupled that hybrid to a second qubit and entangled them. Entanglement is where two different tiny objects are connected such that what happens to one half of the pair instantaneously affects the other, regardless of how far apart they are. They act like the same quantum object. Several tests on the entangled qubits showed a shift in frequency occurring simultaneously between both qubits and the tardigrade, much like three entangled qubits. The team was even able to revive the tardigrades after the experiments concluded. Some researchers are disputing the claim that the tardigrade tons were genuinely quantum entangled, arguing that the random bits of ice or dust would have behaved the same way. However, the tardigrades were brought to the lowest temperature and the lowest pressure of any experiments. Two of the tardigrades failed to revive, while one fully recovered. There's disagreement in the tardigrade world about experiments that seem to show that a sixth of the tardigrade's genome is made of genes from other species, in a feat of horizontal gene transfer. Researchers have known for years that bacteria and other microbes can engage in horizontal gene transfer, the swapping of genetic material between unrelated species. But only recently have scientists begun to realise that this method of genetic development can sometimes rarely occur in larger animals. The researchers believe they've meticulously ruled out contamination and that a sixth of the tardigrade's genes come from unrelated plants, bacteria, fungi and archaeans. This was used in Star Trek Discovery 
to make giant tardigrades using fungal genes essential to allowing people to travel in an improved spore drive. Other researchers, in the real world, insist they must have contaminated their samples. A flurry of papers were published showing that there isn't a huge number of foreign genes in tardigrades. This controversy became known as Tardigate. Donated blood platelets only maintain viability for a few days. Researchers at the University of California dehydrated blood platelets after infusing them with the trellose sugars found in tardigrades. They heated the platelets and let them sit in a bath of trellose solution for several hours. The platelets slowly took the sugar into their structure. Once the platelets were loaded with trellose, the researchers freeze-dried them, turning the platelets into a dried powder. 90% of the platelets were viable after rehydration. Although the platelets did have some abnormalities from fresh blood, the healing factor remained uncompromised. Freeze-dried platelets can be stored safely at room temperature for two years, a drastic improvement from five days. The process is currently undergoing clinical trials. The University of California licensed a patent for preserving a drug that treats a deadly systemic fungal infection using the sugar trellose based on tardigrade research. The drug can be safely rehydrated after freeze-drying. In 2016, a team from the University of Tokyo sequenced the genome of a tardigrade species known to survive high doses of radiation. They discovered a novel protein that appears to protect DNA from damage and named it Damage Suppressor, or DSUP. DSUP is unusual in that it's an intrinsically disordered protein, meaning that it lacks a stable 3D structure. The research team found that DSUP works to minimise damage inflicted on the DNA. In 2019, researchers at the University of California, San Diego in the United States bound tardigrade damage suppressor DSUP proteins to human cells. The hybrid cells showed 40-50% to 50% reduced X-ray damage compared to normal human cells. A few years later, Researchers from the University of California at San Diego in the United States uncovered the molecular explanation for how DSUP protects cells from radiation. Their biochemical analyses revealed that the protein binds to chromatin, the form of DNA found inside cells. Once bound to chromatin, DSUP forms a protective cloud that shields DNA from hydroxy radicals, which are produced by X-rays and gamma rays. Research is also underway using tardigrade sugars and proteins to create dry vaccines that won't require refrigeration, resulting in a longer shelf life and improved portability. This would help vaccines reach people in developing countries. The American Defense Advanced Research Agency, DARPA, created the Biostasis Program in 2018 to support research in slowing the body's metabolic processes following traumatic injury. Based on the tardigrades' ability to dehydrate and suspend their bodily processes for decades, applying this state to a human being could save them from bleeding out or stop the progression of sepsis or damage from a stroke or heart attack. Biostasis is initially aimed at generating proof-of-concept benchtop technologies and testing their application in simple living systems for experimental validation. By the end of the five-year fundamental research program, DARPA hopes to have multiple tools for reducing the risk of permanent damage or death following acute injury or infection. 
that five years ends in 2023. Tardigrade cell proteins could be used to protect patients undergoing radiation therapy or incorporated into more effective sunscreens. Instead of dying during a drought, crops in biostasis could hibernate until water returned. In the desiccation survival project, both computation and experimental analysis are being used to home in on the systolic abundant heat-soluble proteins in tardigrades to find out how they protect cells from drying out. In dry conditions, these proteins in tardigrade cells transform them from shapeless and flexible into a type of bioglass. So far, they've engineered yeast to make the tardigrade proteins and found the yeast is more resistant to dying from drying out. Disordered proteins have been linked to Alzheimer's, cardiovascular disease, cancer and diabetes. Heather Maynard from the University of California, Los Angeles has invented a polymer called polytrellose methylacrylate, based on the trello sugar used by tardigrades to safely dry up for hibernation. Her team are investigating how to use the polymer to preserve insulin without refrigeration. When exposed to heat or shaken up too much, insulin proteins can clump in ways that gum up needles, making the medicine less effective or even prompt a harmful reaction from the body's natural defences. As a result, insulin has to be handled with care and transported in refrigerated compartments. Insulin that can remain stable for longer without refrigeration would reduce the cost of the drug, cut back on wasted medicine, and potentially dangerous situations where expired insulin delivers an inadequate dose. A recent study found that polymer preserved insulin at temperatures of nearly 90 degrees Celsius close to water's boiling point, and through almost a year of refrigerated storage, showed that 87% of the medication remained intact, compared with 8% of insulin without the polymer. Researchers in Boston have found that the proteins from tardigrade can protect human cells against programmed cell death, apoptosis, caused by chemicals. They found a region of the human APOE protein that regulates the metabolism of fats is similar to the tardigrade proteins that also protect against apoptosis. They create a synthetic protein that acts in the same way. These proteins turn out to work in a similar way to cancer cells and explains how the cancer cells can resist the body's attempts to kill them. The team hopes to use the proteins to both protect cells in the human body from chemical-induced cell death, while also killing cancer cells with those chemicals. Tardigrades were sent to space on a European Space Agency flight in 2007. The 2008 study published in the journal Current Biology revealed that some species of tardigrades in their eggs, when dehydrated in tonne form, could weather a 10-day trip in low Earth orbit and return to Earth unharmed by solar radiation and the vacuum of space. On return to Earth, they rehydrated the tardigrades and all of them survived the vacuum unharmed, but only some species were resistant to ultraviolet light. In 2011, Project Biacus sponsored by the Italian Space Agency, carried tardigrades into space on the US Space Shuttle Endeavour. Colonies of tardigrades were exposed to different levels of ionising radiation so that we can study how they repaired their DNA damage. Surviving intense radiation suggests an especially effective DNA repair system. Researchers found four copies of MRE11 genes that repair DNA instead of the single copy normally found in animal cells. Researchers at the University of Wisconsin-Madison have found evidence that tardigrades have survived all five mass extinctions on Earth since the group evolved about half a billion years ago. 
and tardigrades could survive after humanity is long gone. Tardigrades have been shown to be unaffected by the temperature rises expected from even the worst-case scenarios of global warming. In 2021, a team from the University of Kent fed the tardigrades and then tucked them into bed. That is, they froze the creatures into the tonne hibernation mode and then fired the tardigrades out of a two-stage light gas gun. The desiccated tardigrades travelled at 900 metres per second and survived a crushing impact of about 1.14 gigapascals of pressure. This means that when, in 2019, the Israeli lunar mission Beshrit lander crashed on the moon, the several thousands of tonne-state tardigrades that it carried might have survived, just waiting for colonists to revive them with water and food. And that's all from us this week on Diffusion. Are you a scientist, artist, biohacker or maker who'd like to be interviewed about your work? Would your company like to sponsor Diffusion? Send your contributions, opinions, helpful suggestions and donations to science at diffusionradio.com. That's science at diffusionradio.com. Please subscribe to the Diffusion Science Radio channel on youtube.com c slash diffusionradio and rate the show on iTunes. Tell your friends. Follow me on Twitter at Ian Wolf. I produce Diffusion, which is broadcast around Australia to 28 stations on the community radio network, including Radio Blue Mountains 89.1 FM in New South Wales, 8 C in Alice Springs and Tennant Creek, 2MVR in Nambucca Valley, 3MVR in the Mallee Border Districts of Victoria and South Australia, City Park Radio 7LTN in Launceston, Tasmania, and 2XXFM in Canberra. Diffusion is narrowcast on Indigo FM 88 in northeast Victoria. Diffusion is syndicated globally on astronomy.fm. Subscribe to the podcast on the Diffusion website, www.diffusionradio.com. That's www.diffusionradio.com. And check the website for links, photos and videos about this week's show. If you enjoyed the show, you can explore more than a thousand previous episodes archived on diffusionradio.com, where the shows are labelled by keywords so you can focus in on the stories you want to hear. Make a donation through paypal.me slash ianwolf or join my patrons at patreon.com slash diffusionradio. I'm Ian Wolf. Join us inside your audio device of choice for more science wondering next week on Diffusion Science Radio. Science is fun. It helps you to learn, to know, and to appreciate. When you study science, you may go on field trips. You discover the marvelous interrelationships between all living things. You learn to read the history of the Earth as it is written in rocks and fossils. You find out what makes things tick. Everything from a molecule to a living organism. In the study of science is found the most useful and satisfying knowledge of man. Knowledge of his physical world, its past, its present, and its future. And in your moments of relaxation, now and in the years to come, you will find the study of science leading you into fascinating pursuits. Photography. Collecting. Why study science? Study science because you will find in the study of science a richer, more rewarding life.